Hello everybody and welcome to this game where a very special episode 100 with me, Ashley, and me, Chris. Hello everyone. Hope you're all well. I realised in one of the last couple of episodes we recorded that, you know, we have that awkward back and forth. How are you? Yeah. How are you? Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Yep. Yep. And we don't say, you know, how's the listener? Hope you're doing good. So whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope you are doing good. Yeah, that's a nice sentiment. I don't feel at all awkward when we're having... Uh, a conversation as other people call it you, you know i don't feel awkward it's just you you're a bit you you're just a bit awkward i guess although saying that i am generally a bit awkward so i don't know don't know why i just feel comfortable with you chris is it nice. are you saying that that's not the case that's not it's not vice versa no not at all not at all uh, episode 100 ashley yeah yeah you might be talking to nobody because um i can't imagine There'll be that many people here for episode 100, surely. Oh, come on. Everyone's baying no? for it. All in Actually, that was word on the street. All in Times Square. They're all chanting down and looking at the big screens and going, way. That's where Times the- Square or Times Square? The one in New York where they all congregate at New Year's. Times Square. Not, not Times Square in Boston. No. Lincolnshire. Not that one, though. Oh. No. Oh, right, okay. Where else people I thought it was crowds? more likely in Times Square in Boston, Lincolnshire, than it would be in Times Square, New York, but... Nah. To no. be fair, what, thinking about it, why would they congregate around a TV screen to listen to a podcast as well? There's, it raises more questions than answers, so let's just move on. Yeah, it was a big mistake, that, that event, actually, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Should we cancel the invitations? No, it's already happened. Right, of course, yes, sorry. Episode 100, way. <laughs> it's a bit different. Uh, this episode than any of the episodes we've had before we've decided to you'll already know but we've decided that we're going to go a little bit off piste we're not necessarily we're not talking about a game that we've never played Uh, in fact we're talking we've kind of gone the opposite way in so much as we're talking about a console that we think is one of the greatest of all time i'd say og with the o it's not the OG, is it? It's not the OG. Be the Nintendo, or maybe the Atari, yeah. one of the Ataris, or... This is actually Generation 7. cabinet. So, OG 7? Yeah, Generation 7. Well, I don't know. The the GOAT, that's the term, isn't it? The it is, greatest, what it's greatest of all time. Yeah, I think that as much as it gets maligned, this might this this might be able to claim, uh, claim that uh, piece of... I don't know. Claim that title. And those that we consider to be second goat and third goat, etc. We're saving them off for episode 200, 300, etc. So now we've got a wonderful yeah. format for multiples of 10. And now we've got the multiples of 100 going forward. Yeah, we've really cemented ourselves a path going forward. Yep, we're men of the metric system through and through. Born and bred. Too right. We love the 10s. We love the 100s. What are we going to do for thousands? Oh, God. I have no idea. Let's not even think about that. No, I, I, I just shat my bed because I realised there might be a million. No. What do we do for a million? We'll be long gone Probably by then. Probably not. That's t- true, actually. This, yeah, this there is, won't be a million, will there? This is two and a half years in the making. So another two That's and a half sobering. years to get to episode 200. Two and a half years after that, 300, etc. You know, we're not going to get to a million. A thousand will be pushing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, this is bleak. Yeah, it is, isn't it? As soon as I said that I've sentence. I've made myself sad. Yeah, right, let's move on. Episode 100, third time lucky. Episode 100, way. <laughs> the, the, uh, what is the goat then? What is the, 
What are we putting forward as the greatest of all time? It is unquestionably the Nintendo Wii. Now, there will be a lot of people either have just turned off, or there will be a lot of people, there will be another set of people that are shouting at their headphones, because it's not generally how the Wii is remembered, is it, as as a as a contender, let alone the title holder? In that case, I don't want them to listen. How about that? Whoa. Well, maybe they should. Maybe they maybe they're the people that we're sort of talking to. Maybe we're trying to make the case for for the console to those people. Now we've, we've just sent them away. Now we need, need to preach to the choir, preach to the converted. Right. Okay. Now I'm, that's I'm, what this is. Is it? I'm joking. Obviously, I'm joking. We are kind of converted, though, aren't we? we yeah, are definitely. Of, you and I are on the same page here. The it, we is a much maligned, but very dear at least to my heart, console. Do you think it's maligned? It really fell off a cliff in terms of people's feelings, people's sentiment towards it. Certainly in, you know, like in gaming circles, mm. um, it wasn't even it wasn't even finished with and people were shouting about it and angry about it. I always thought it was very well-respected and well-received, etc. I, I didn't know there, there was a, a, a backlash. Shovelware machine. Well, yeah. All right. That's that was a uh, console for kids. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing, but it also wasn't really. The, no. the, the whole concept of console for kids is a silly one, anyway. But um, there was obviously uh, there's always oh, wow. this. There, there were consoles for kids. It was the Sega Pico back in the mid nineties. Yeah, but the point that all the consoles po- are for kids. The point stands that this was not made for kids. There are several games I'm going to think of off the top of my head that are clearly not aimed at children that came out on the Wii. Well, I Which would I, say I, that some of the games that are aimed at children, sorry, the, some of the games that people would say are aimed at children are actually aimed at everybody. And yeah. actually, um, one of the reasons that this console, at least to me, stands stands the test of time and is able to stand head and shoulders above or or alongside the best of them is that it was not a game, a console for kids. It was a console for everybody. And again, that is a double-edged sword in some in some people's mouths. When people say it was a console for everybody, the other bitter cry is that they left they left real gamers behind, hardcore gamers. There was nothing for them. And um, I mean, one, I don't think that's true. But two, uh, you know swings and roundabouts it smacks of being bitter and it's that whole idea of oh th- this and is entitled this is for us we can't share with the people where 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 it is a little bit like that yeah well actually it did the, it came across that way the point you just that way it always does the point you just made was one of the criteria that they came up with going into the development of the wii satoru iwata who was the nintendo president at the time um so like i said 2003 2004 as um as the declining i guess well actually in, in its um full bloom at that point but you know when they were looking at what's coming next he decided that he wanted to avoid nintendo competing with microsoft and sony in graphics and power and instead decided to focus on a broader demographic and trying to entice people mm. that were not gamers into becoming gamers and uh, to accomplish that he thought they needed um inclusivity and also gameplay so that was the those two things were what the Wii was developed with, sort of mimicking the success of the DS because the DS, by making it more approachable through use of touchscreen, obviously DS sold like gangbusters. So then I thought, right, we need to go for a home console version of that. So to go back to what you just said, the fact that it has got that broad demographic, yes, it has because that's what they designed it to have, and that's not a bad thing. No, and uh, you are 
as we've established, you you preach into the choir, really, because the only thing I, I mean, the excitement around the console before it launched, there was certainly a great deal of excitement around it, and then that that sort of so that started to decline. Um, not very not very long after it released, really, sort of in the third year, fourth year, um, there was there was a bit of a drought of games. That's the truth. Like there was a bit of a drought of games, but the the issues that people had as I've gone o- over weren't necessarily related to that. They were they were related to things that actually I think of as strengths. The fact that Iwata was talking about this, and the fact that that is what they. The fact that Iwata was talking about that as the reason to be for the console and the fact that that's how it's remembered seems to point to me that there was a success there, right, in terms of what they wanted and, and what they what they delivered. It's just like it. It's just Does that make sense? I don't just, know if that made sense. I think I was waffling. It's just crossed my mind. Again, I think we're kind of overlabeling this point, so I'll make this point and then we'll move on. It's a bit like mm. when people are really into a band and then that band gets big and then suddenly they're, oh, I was there Sold first. out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sold out. It just smacks of that, doesn't it? I feel like we started a little bit negatively. Uh, like we're complaining about people and people that we don't really, people that we don't know. But there's a certain entitlement, I think. And there's yeah. also, a f- uh, there's a bit of a fear of letting other people in. So um, gaming... Get the the hobby, the pastime that is gaming, was always seen as a bit of an outsider's affair, like the safe place of geeks everywhere. You know, it was theirs; it belonged to them, and they had a sense of ownership over it. So the idea, I think, for some people of letting other people in, yeah, that hadn't earned their place, um, and that couldn't play, couldn't play proper games in air quotes. Um, I think people were a little bit concerned about that, and I also think that some of those concerns related reasonably to the what what ended up being a game and what wasn't a game or what what was being made and what wasn't being made the the console did start off with entries in those standards like the call of duty franchise and uh, tony hawks and things like that all of those games actually were being delivered to this console but after a short time they dro- dropped off so uh titles that people might consider as standards the standards yeah they weren't there but that that just left room for other things to bloom as Mm -hmm. far as i was concerned and they existed elsewhere as well so it wasn't like people were missing out it was always the case i feel certainly from the wii onwards but it was always the case that it felt right to have the to have a nintendo console and another console yeah so to cover as as wide a base as possible nintendo's games tend to deliver things that other makers aspire to so that so it's always worth having something to play them on the gameplay side of it which as i said is what they kind of went into it hoping for yeah exactly i'm gonna move us on because we've yeah. been talking about this it, it feels very it feels a bit dry um it was a really exciting time in gaming i don't know if you remember i don't know what your recollection of that time is sort of 2005 2006 I can't remember specifically when the console was announced or anything, but I, I know it came out uh, December 2006, and I was thinking about, that was when I was in my third year of university, and the summer before that, so summer 2006, I remember having a summer job at a cinema, and I remember talking to some people at the cinema about the Wii and how excited I was for the Wii coming out. Beyond that, I can't really remember 
any buzz around it, other than the fact that the buzz ah. ha- the buzz had obviously infected me because at that point I'd never had a Nintendo console, and whatever it was that this was was doing, I think it was the the motion side of it and the the playability of it that they'd gone for had really got my got my motor running, and I decided, yeah, I really want to Wii. Yeah, I I I'll be honest, I should have looked that up when when it was actually um, announced as the next console, but it would have been. Either two thousand and five, uh, E three two thousand and five, or E three two thousand and six. One of the two. What I do remember is that I I was at college, uh, second year of college, sixth form, at the time, and when it was the day it was announced, um, sorry, the day after it was announced, going into college, it felt like it was really weird. You know, like in a mate, like a musical set in a school. And and there's people running down the corridors, talking about the buzz. High School Musical. Yeah, like that. But we're seventeen and eighteen. I don't know how old they were in that. And and everybody, the thing that everybody's talking about isn't like the new guy. It's the it's the Nintendo Wii. I also remember when they announced. Yeah, it was really weird. It wow. was like it genuinely felt like a, a bit of a buzz in the air. And I, I also remember when they announced the name, quite distinctly. I remember this going into an area where a certain group of people sat, like group of friends sat, and they were drawing posters about the Wii. <laughs> and they, these are 18-year-old uh, people, young people. Uh, I was 18 at the time. They were the same age as me. Um, they were drawing posters about the Wii. One of them, though, did the Nintendo Wii logo with a stream of urine coming out of it because it's called the Nintendo Wii. I see what they did there. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird it was a weird excitement, and actually it set me up from then on to be to be quite interested. I mean, I was interested in it anyway, and I was probably going to get it because I was I was I was just genuinely very excited about it. I also remember there being a lot of like, schoolyard sniggering about the name, etc. Uh, the fact that the name We is been designed because it's We with the two Y's, and they were designed to look like two people, uh, two people, two little people yeah. sharing a game together and having fun together and that idea of togetherness yeah. is also the fact that the the word three letters it's it's short it's easy to pronounce and it's very distinctive globally so it's something that as a brand is quite you know easy to, mm. to, to pass around if you think at the moment you know, consoles nowadays i know i know there are consoles like the xbox series one x or whatever it is i, I genuinely don't know but it's always like the full suffixes and bits that are added on you know, I just find it really confusing, and that's why I don't know. As someone who realised games, I have no idea what that console is called because no, of all these these no. things. Whereas the Wii, yeah. three letters, one of which is repeated, or actually it's just two letters. It's just really simple and to the point. Yeah, I, remember- I agree. I think, and again, I think that was the point. It was so that it, was, it felt accessible. It felt easy to put to people. It's yeah. the Nintendo Wii. It's Wii. It's together. Well. I, yeah. I actually remember someone telling me at the time that it was because the word is Japanese for together or something. And I, I Googled oh, that. Right, okay. Well, I Googled that today and I think that's an urban myth or something that maybe got, mm. got mangled slightly. It's, it's not quite true, but uh, it, it's it's a nice story anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is the only console that I've ever pre-ordered or before, before it, or since. Before it came out, you'd already pre-ordered yours. Yeah. Right. I pre-ordered it. Um, I went... So 2006 it came out. It actually came out um, in... In the UK, it came out on December 8th, 2006. I think it was November 19th in America. And I can't, in fact, across America, wasn't it? Because it, re- it released there before Japan, I think. Oh, I should have checked that. I, yeah, well, I think because of the, um, the excitement in, in America for 
or, or the Americas, sorry, for the console. Um, in the UK, it cost £180 or £179, I should say, which, again, was a very reasonable price point for a brand new console. Well, it still is now. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. It released December 8th, 2006, and I'd just I'd been at university since September. It was my first year at university. I pre-ordered this while I was at university, so I, I probably used a little bit of my student loans or grants or whatever. Um, I felt a bit flush, probably. Um, and, and I have told, I've actually told the story of getting it, because it, it came out the 8th, I think I got it on the 14th or the 21st, it was a Thursday, and there are reasons that I won't go into that we talked about in the Wii Sports episode, uh, why I know it was one of those two dates, but it was also the day before I went home for Christmas, and I traipsed down there in the snow, and then we went out in the evening, but before we went out, my friends and I were playing this Wii console, and there was a, a door full of people watching us from the corridor and that's that's again a, a thing that i remember about how excited people were to to see this console where you were waving your arms about in the air and the motion sensing technology people were genuine even people that didn't even know what a we was like they they passed the room they'd seen us playing it and then they'd stayed to watch us play and then wanted to play was that idea? Was it, it was ridiculous. It, it was so new, it was so different, and it, mm. it did engage people. So I, I had a very similar story to you. I it was this was also well, I, I didn't pre-order it. It, it the, the week came out, and I'd really wanted it, and I, I didn't for whatever reason. And over that Christmas period, I remember just the, the buzz, the hype around it, and how excited people were. And I remember going on eBay, I think on Boxing Day that year, trying to find a cop, and they were just you know. Just, really expensive for that point i went back to university on lockdown after christmas and i had a friend who worked at the cinema where i had a part-time job and um, who also worked at game station so i said to him oh is there any chance you can uh get, get one saved for me and uh, he managed to get one secured for me and I, the following day he phoned up and said uh oh yeah there's, there's there's one ready for you so the following day after that i went in picked one up so i had the, the wii in its box in a game station bag which it is still in up in the roof of my mm. house it's still in this game station bag because it was again another plus point of week of the wii was how portable it was how small it was it was easy to to take around so um i i had this this wii in this this bag took it back to mine got it all set up had a bit of tinker around with it and invited some people over from my uh, course to have a play on it and we just sat and played it the whole evening and mm. had had sort of parties the day after and then after that it became a bit of a thing where people came around to mine quite regularly to to really enjoy this week because it was just so much fun we've talked in in the past in our our very few we episodes about how this felt like a console that spread you'd take it to someone's house at christmas or something like that yeah. and then the next time you were at their house they'd have one and I mean, you were talking about how difficult it was, or relatively difficult it was to get hold of, and and that is a, a sort of evident in the fact that I pre-ordered it, and it still took two weeks to after after the uh, release date for me to actually get mine in my hands. My friend that I lived with at university, he wanted to get his brother one. This is and this is in two thousand and seven, for so Christmas two thousand and seven. It had been out a year, more than a year by that point, and he was really struggling to, even then to get hold of one. And that was that was the experience for a fair long while at that time. And actually, we're experiencing it for different reasons now with the current iteration of consoles, the PlayStation Five and the and the Xbox Series 
uh, of consoles um, at the moment. But he was trying to get hold of his, one of his brother and ended up actually having to buy one from someone in a pub uh, somewhere in the deepest, darkest outskirts of Leicester. So um, it lasted for quite a while, that difficulty to get hold of them. Mm-hmm. And the buzz, the fur- the furore around them, just the, the desirability of the console was uh, was massive for a very, very long time. Do you remember what games you bought with yours? Do you remember what games you got? I do. I've listed them. Episode 100 got celebrated with a list. Obviously, it came with Wii Sports. We talked about that back mm. in uh, what, what is labelled as X2103, the third of our Christmas specials for 2021. I also got wario smooth moves that might have actually been no 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 no, you didn't that was because i'm talking launch games oh well okay i got wario smooth moves in the february of 2007 so it wasn't quite a launch title right let's let's rewind slightly obviously we're talking about launch titles when i picked mine up early january 2007 some of these games i'm going to mention may not have been launch titles so the three games i did get with my oh yeah okay i see the three games I got with my Wii, and I, I can remember why I got that in February. I'll talk about it in, in a minute. The three games I got with it were Wii Sports, Wii Play, and Zelda Twilight Princess. Mm. I mean, there's uh, that is three of my four. I had Rayman Raving Rabbids on right. top of that. Lovely stuff. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna get Red Steel. Do you know Red Steel? It's that sword one. Yeah, so it seemed like it should have been the game to get with a with the Wii, where you could wield a, a samurai sword and take down bad guys. But um, and I think I had that on the pre order. But then all the reviews started coming in, and I rang up and changed it because they they weren't very favourable. Yeah, uh, I've played it since, and I'm pretty glad that I changed it because I I think I changed it for Rayman Raving Rabbits. What was that like? Rayman Raven Rabbids was fantastic. Like, really, a, a per, the perfect game to pick up with it. It's mini-games, isn't it? Yeah, it's a party game. Anyone mm. that's familiar with the Rabbids thing now that Ubisoft have um, might be a bit poo-pooey about um, anything Rabbids-related. Or they might be the other way around. Like, they might be the complete opposite. They might love them. But Rayman Raven Rabbids was the first game that they appeared in it was what set the template for what they are and they are what they were then what they are now but minions they were new yeah they are yeah the minions actually came after so yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know what went on there but um they set the template for what they are um they it was the first time they'd appeared and actually the game has a real good sense of humor if you think about the sense of humor you see in rabbit's kingdom battle on the switch now well Rayman Raven Rabbids has that level of humour. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not sophisticated, but it's funny. Yeah, holding my hands up, I was one of those people who always sneered at Rabbids. And when I played uh, Kingdom Battle at yours on the Switch, that that's the Mario one, isn't it? The turn based, yeah. but yeah, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. So much so that that became a game I then bought for my Switch and completed it in my own time. Spent fifty, sixty hours into it easily. Mm. Uh, a game, a genre game I never played at all and was really, really good. So yeah, I stand corrected on that one. Yeah, Rayman Raven Rabbids, uh, to give you a a very quick flavour of what it was or what it is, it is a mini-game compilation where you take on uh, the Rabbids in various ridiculous situations. And one of them, for example, is you've got to deliver a parcel that has has got a fuse sticking out of it. and the, the fuse is, is burning away. So you, you've got to pump your arms as fast as you can while you're holding the nunchuck and the, the Wii remote to run Rayman uh, across this dark, dank-looking island uh, 
before to, to deliver this package before it explodes um and i think this is this is genuinely off the top of my head i i think that you're delivering it to a rabbit so when you actually arrive you hand this package to the rabbit and the rabbit it then blows up in his face and he's all like suck covered suck covered it's it's very very weird. classic humor Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner, Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, there's another one. There's another game on it where you are flinging a cow. So it's like hammer throw. You know, hammer toss in the Olympics. Hammer time. And you spin, you spin it round. You spin the Wii remote round as though you, uh, as though you've got a, a cow on a on a string. That sounds really and fun. You have to, you have to let the uh, cow go just as it's sort of. <laughs> trajectory is ahead of you so that you can f- fling it as far as you possibly can and then the game is um is segmented by these uh first person shooter uh episodes where they're quite extended where each one will have a different theme so the the classic example is the wild west theme where you you on a rail it's an on rail shooter sort of situation where you are going through this scene and rabbits are popping up and they're trying to shoot you or grab you, or something like that, and you have to shoot them with plungers. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, Red Dead Redemption copied that, but I'm sure there was a level in Red Dead Redemption where you're on a a boat sailing down a river, and people were popping up and you had to shoot them. Mm, well, no, no, Red Dead Redemption didn't copy that because it's a copy of a copy of a copy. The, 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 those things existed in uh, arcades for time immemorial. Oh, okay. Time crisis. Right, it was that. It was that kind of. Um, kind of experience but obviously had a bit of a, a zany rabbits-esque sense of humor with the uh rubber plungers uh sticking on people's faces and things it was genuinely very funny funnier than i've made it sound what do you remember about the other three games then the, the commonality we've got between us we play we sports and twilight princess well let me just tell you this uh we sports one of the best-selling con uh, games of all time i know that there's a contention that we talked about uh, it being uh, packed in with the console but as I pointed out in our episode, people were buying the console for Wii Sports. There are there are entire there are households that only had Wii Sports and the console, and that's yep. what they bought it for. I so can, I can think of two off of my head in my family yeah. and my wife's family that have both got. My grant still has a Wii setup in her house that has Wii Sports next yeah. to it. Yep, um, Wii Play is the twenty sixth best selling game of all time. That's crazy. I know. We play. It's a mini game compilation. Another one of those. It's a, it's a very well done one. I really quite enjoy it. There, it was a very specific reason I bought it, and there's also a very specific reason. It's probably the twenty twenty sixth best selling game of all time. Do you know what that was? Because you had it, so presumably you you went for the same reason. I think I bought it because it was one of those a bit like one two switch does where it kind of showcases the capabilities of the console and all different things that it does you didn't buy it because it had a Wii remote packed in with it oh did it right no I yeah. I don't remember that I did have two oh. remotes for my Wii that would explain where the second one came from and that would probably have been a factor in me buying it potentially yeah and I imagine it was the uh, effect for a lot of people it's actually the fifth best-selling Wii game of all time so yeah. um that's that's pretty telling i think yeah. i don't know whether they they started doing it on its own uh, and not as a bundle but certainly when the game uh, when the console released when the cons- when the console launched Wii play was sold with a Wii remote it was a very good value bundle as well it was like the price of a game plus 10 pounds or something like that so you were basically getting it depending on how you look at it you were getting a very cheap 
game or a very cheap Wii remote. Very good deal on that one. I used to find the, the bottle shooting a lot. And there's, a, there's the one that's got a UFO and it's got the dog from uh, yeah. Duck Hunt on the NES. Duck Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the air hockey. Tanks as well, playing that with the, the nunchuck. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is one of the things. I it, it got a bit of a bad reputation for having minigame compilations. And again, there were a lot of them. But some of the best ones were great. Like th- this, we play uh, Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort. They were they were both they were all very good. Um, the Mario Party games they were really good in a group. And in fact, we were we were playing, we were playing on a Wii U. Uh, we were playing a Mario Part Party game just this Christmas, which is interesting. But they they're just they're just really good fun. Yeah, I, I guess what happened thinking about what we said at the start is probably because the party games were selling because they were things that could be enjoyed by families and maybe because there weren't as we said at the start the the range of quality titles perhaps that maybe to fill that void there were lots of mass produced the word you said was shuffleware and because party games i'm guessing it's it's very easy i would guess for a developer relatively so relatively to program 10 to 15 bish bash bosh little mini games rather than doing a whole coherent game yeah. I can remember very distinctly there was, there was one that was always in the pre-owned section at, at Game and Game Station called Carnival, Carnival Games. Carnival Games. Yeah. Yeah, like a, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. As a, a character on the film was like Mr. Pringle of the Pringles Tubes. Yeah. Red, red or the White Monopoly stripes. Man. Yeah. Like a, a cross between the two. Yeah, Carnival Games was pretty popular and it wasn't it wasn't great at all. Well, that's any, why so many copies pre-owned bin. Yeah, obviously for me at least, um, I played I played all of those games, uh, those three, Rayman, Raven Rabbids, We Play, We Sports. I played a lot of them, and I they they were the games that I cracked out when I was taking it on the Grand Tour at Christmas two thousand six around people's houses. Um, the game that I played more than any of the others, and the game that I enjoyed and that stuck with me more than those three combined uh, was Twilight Princess. Now I don't think you actually put it in your console. I didn't. Guilty as no, charged. you're a bad guy. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I don't really know why you, why you buy games that then just sit on a shelf. But I'm a pillock. Is it it's still on the cellophane? No, I think I took the cellophane off to have a look at the disc. That was silly. Cause is, he is it worth a lot? A pretty valuable... I don't know. It probably would have been. A, an mm. unopened copy of any game is definitely worth more than... Well, that's more than uh, It should be. Yeah. Yeah, well, the rest of the launch games, by the way... I don't think that they. I don't. I don't really like the sound of most of them. Um, but one other one that does stand out is Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, which was released re-released for the Nintendo Switch in an apparently less than uh, stellar port, right? Oh. Or remaster, or whatever you call it. The original game was pretty fun. I don't know if you ever played it. I played a port of it onto the PS2, um, like. Early 2006, I think it was. Hmm. So you just mentioned WarioWare. I'd mentioned that as well. That came out, as you said, middle of February 2007. And that was a game that I also bought because I thought it was absolutely incredible. And I then had, during the half term, during that term of my um, third year of university, I then took my Wii back and did exactly as you said, the tour around. So I took it to my mum's house. Well, I went back to my mum's house and took it to my dad's house. I took it to other friends' houses. And it was WarioWare was the one that we were all getting the most enjoyment out of. I remember playing, there's one of the mini games in WarioWare where you hold the 
Wiimote on your head. It's the the mohawk move, and then yeah, the mohawk, and then yeah. and then there's a dance, the elephant, and then there's a dance, and you have to follow the characters. There's, there's four characters on the screen, and they do like the one. The first one might spin around slowly to the beat of the music, and then the second one does, and then the third one, and then you're the fourth one. You have to mimic it, so you're literally standing there with this Wiimote on your head spinning around stepping your feet to the beat of the music and just the sheer enjoyment that me and my brother and my mum got out of that and since what you've just said my mum and brother not being gamers at all having no understanding of what makes a game just the Mm. how much fun we got out of that was such a special memory for me Mm. i mean warrior where is absolutely going to be a an episode and and in fact many of the games that uh were out in the wii will will end up being episodes of the podcast but um warrior Wear has a bit of a special place at least for me uh, and it sounds like for you because it just opened so many people up to being a little bit zany and a bit ridiculous and a bit <sighs> off guard you mm. know um in a way that they wouldn't necessarily have done and actually um it wasn't the game that sold most people um on on the wii for me um but one the the summer that I came home from my first year of university, I was taking I took the Wii round to someone that I'd been at school with. I took it round to their house, um, and we, because we'd been friends, like we were friends. But I think I feel like we got to know each other better over that summer than we'd ever known each other. And it was it was a really nice summer. And Warrior Where was a part of that. I remember a couple. I'd been around. I'd been around their house a couple of times. It was, I've been around the house a couple of times, took the Wii, and we've been playing these silly games, and uh, we'd had a few drinks, and she gave me a Baileys, and the Baileys, I took a drink of it, and it was all grainy and weird, a bit gritty, um, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't right, this is not right, what's wrong with this drink, and and uh, lifted the glass up, and there was all like little black bits in the bottom of the glass, and I, I said I said to my friend, there's something in this drink, and we went, we went out to look at it, it'd been in the pantry, on the floor in the pantry, and a bunch of ants had got into it and died. Oh. So <laughs> I'd had I'd had a, a good few a good few uh, swigs of this Bailey's with with the ants in before we realised they'd had they had a glass each as well. But I think it's how the ants would have wanted to die. Plus, it's protein for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's a memory. How did the ants even get into the bottle? I don't know. It was it, the bottle was like you know how Bailey's goes. It gets a bit grainy round the round the neck. It all dries yeah. out around the neck. The seal and doesn't quite. I think they just, yeah, I think they just sort of eaten their way through the old, gr- crum, uh, crispy Baileys. Mm, lovely. I don't know. We pissed ourselves when we realised. I I did, you know, like a cartoon, uh, sweeping of my tongue, and then, uh, and then we had a good laugh. But yeah, it's it's just it just has very good memories for me. Uh, where where smooth moves. We sports was the one that I took on tour Christmas 2006. It went to Hannah's house with her mum and dad um, and brother. It went to Hannah's aunties and Hannah's uncles um, to to keep it... Yeah, to Hannah's aunties to Hannah's uncles. Um, it went to my brother's house. It went to my nana's house. Um, it went to I think probably my auntie's house as well or she came round to ours for some time at Christmas every single person every I mean every single person whether they were 70 like my nana and granddad or whether they were five like my niece um, every single person was playing 
on that. Every uh, they were all playing together. Uh, at least three of those households had a Wii within about three months, and that that range of ages you just In said fact, there, four. five to seventy. That yeah. What other console can, can you say that about? No, exactly. And on top of that, I'll I'll uh, I'll just slip this in because I don't know where else I'd say it. But I know of several households now that have that bought a Wii as their first console, have not bought a console since, and they still play their Wii on really? a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yep. Someone actually only two months ago, someone asked me for recommendations uh, on the Wii. Okay. They really enjoyed. Well, it was adventure games. They oh wow. They wanted they wanted adventure games. I think they played. I can't remember what it was that they played, but I think it was something. It was something investigatey. I can't remember what it was, but um, they played a certain game. They said, "We've just finished this. We really liked the story of it. Can you recommend any others?" Did you recommend Zack and Wiki? Yep, I did. Yeah, and the uh, to to bring back last week's episode, the Monkey Island. Five episodes they were on there as well. Oh, were they nice? Mm, yeah. Um, the other thing that I really liked about this console, and it struck me from the moment I turned it on, uh, the user interface. I know that sounds a bit boring when when we've been talking about games and things, but this console had these twinkly pieces of music that went across all the menus. I can, as you said that in my head, I can play that opening piece of music like the. Two seconds or so when you turn the Wii on, mm. it reminds me of do you know the Brian Eno Windows story? I've told this in the podcast nope. before. Um, so Brian Eno, aka uh, Roxy Music, was he Roxy Music? I can't remember. Mm. But producer of David Bowie's loads of uh, producer of a few of David Bowie's albums. General, uh, I'll be honest, I don't think you need to explain who Brian Eno. Is. Okay, all right then. I went, I went mansplain Brian Eno. He was approached by. Uh, Windows to this very by Microsoft even to create the opening piece of music for Windows ninety five and they gave him um, this list of like fifty adjectives that the piece of music that had to be two or three seconds yeah the piece of music that I'm sure you're actually listening to me talking the piece of music you're playing in your head and it's always actually yeah. like it had to be engaging it had to be thrilling it had to all, all these sorts of things and then that's what he came up with so the piece of music for the the Wii that opening like. What sort of emotions does it stir in you, just to, to loop back to the Wii? When we did our Wii Sports episode, I, I think I remember telling you about how to prepare for that. We I I played a bit of Wii stuff, and opening up the menu, I think for me now, it feels like it's a really weird sensation, a really weird rush of nostalgia, like, like I don't have with anything else. So even things that I feel slightly nostalgic about just don't have the same feeling as this um and and one of the main reasons is the music then though i think that there's it it just felt magic i want to say majestic um and magical the the double m's it it did it did feel magical i don't know what better (laughs) what better word to use for it but it felt like a a new era of gaming like it had moved into into being something new something else does, does that make sense and not make me say i mean i feel like it makes me sound a bit a bit ridiculous a bit no not at all that is genuinely how i think it made me feel the user interface well looked into this for for recording for this apparently they they wanted to create the idea of a tv shop window you know we got yeah all that's TVs. right yeah 
all showing different things and try which one's going to engage you. And they also thought about when people were having the Wii in their house and they weren't playing games, what things would engage people that they'd want to look into. And based on their market research they did for that, that's why there's a weather channel, that's why there's a news channel, that's why there's the internet, because that's that's what they wanted, that's what they found out that people would want to use the Wii for. It felt for me, I know the PS3 was out was PS3 out at that same sort of time? yeah it was wasn't it PS3. not in this country no oh, wasn't the, it? Right, the, okay. the PlayStation 3 actually came out earlier than the Wii in most territories but in the UK it came out the year after it came out 2007 right okay so I, this I, was the second console of the three to release in the UK I know eventually the Wii became a bit like what the PS3 ended up being this whole idea like media hub did iPlayer yeah. for example having iPlayer on the Wii, that was the first place I was able. I was actually able to access the iPlayer and actually was able to then watch stuff on the TV on demand. Which I know people are seeing now. Twins Friends Two, you've got Netflix, you've got iPlayer is sort of built into loads of TVs now because of that. But having it on the Wii, mm. having that channel, click right, I'm on the iPlayer now. I can choose what I want to watch. That just felt like the future was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's interesting actually because another uh, another little anecdote of people using the Wii way beyond the end of its apparent lifespan was uh, a lady that i know that had it and the primary use that she had for it was to watch netflix okay so yeah and that was like 2017 2018 we had it um me and my wife also used it for netflix and again that was the first place i was able to access netflix i ended up buying because the video output for the wii was a an rgp scart so i bought this yeah. this weird converter that went into hdmi so it actually went onto the tv but i couldn't quite get the settings right so everything was always really dark on netflix and we watched all of breaking bad via the wii on on netflix but it was quite dark so so i mean yeah i, I know breaking bad is quite a dark series in every sense of the word anyway uh, but for us there were some episodes where we're completely sure what was going on all the time Oh dear! Oh dear! Um, you could get a you could get a um a different set of leads. I can't remember which one it is, composite component, but it was the same that the Xbox three hundred and sixty released with. So that didn't start off with okay. a with a that didn't start off with an HDMI cable. It started off with the five separate um audio video cables right. that went into the back of you, like the the slightly darker green, the mm-hmm. blue, the yellow etc and you could get one of those for the Wii and it did actually improve the 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 experience quite considerably but by it was an SD it was an SD console um and it had those drawbacks at the time though if you remember and one of the reasons that they made it an SD console was that uh, most people didn't actually have HD televisions they yeah. were just they were just on the cusp of of taking off and I think that there there was an element of that was another complaint that people had that it was an SD console in an HD world but actually the world that it was born into the world the world of 2006 was primarily a standard definition world and that is one of the things that went against it just in terms of um how things panned out because people decided at that point or they were the marketing worked such that everybody decided to jump on the HD train in the period that the the Wii was was supposed to be selling, but I guess if the Wii had been manufactured with HD output, then that would have meant the cost would have increased, and then the console would have cost more. So the fact it was at that, as you've already mentioned, that that cheap price point, one hundred eighty pounds, mm. anything to to um, what's the word? Anything to wobble that might have then had an impact on sales. 
Yeah, it would have done. Absolutely would have done. There there was no there there wasn't huge uptake on HD televisions until into the noughties. Uh, sorry, into the twenty tens. Like people were starting. It was early adoption. Um but it really didn't start taking off till two thousand ten onwards, really. Yeah, um, I think the first person point, first person I knew to have an HD telly, I think it was two thousand ten. And I remember him showing me yeah. and I, I genuinely could not tell the difference. I can now, but I, I, I don't know if it's he maybe got a stronger telly or something. He probably had it on a standard death screen uh, yeah. channel or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so that was just one of the things that went against it. But um at I, the same time I go on. Another thing I remember people complaining about, which again has just sprung to mind because we're talking about this at this point, was the fact it didn't play DVDs. Yeah, which was, uh, I, I mean, I understand when you compare it to the consoles around it. Like, I mean, to be fair, the Xbox 360 also had its own fair share of uh, complaints about the fact it didn't play Blu-rays because the PlayStation 3 did uh, and i did appreciate the playstation 3 for that and actually it was one of the reasons that we fancied having a playstation 3 because it would play the blu-rays but um i didn't feel that that's i didn't feel like that was a lack in the wii like it just it wasn't designed it, it, it was a... what it was it, it was a games console yeah, precisely. And at the time it, it yeah and we're back there now with the switch the they've sort of tried that they they started getting into that with the wii interestingly uh, and then and then the wii u had a little bit more of that although again it didn't play dvds because it's a games console and that was one of the things that nintendo kept trying to remind people um this is a games console we're not in the business of making media uh units media hubs or whatever you called them earlier but we're back there now no one's complaining about the switch no one's saying no why isn't there a DVD player? Why isn't there a Blu-ray player in, in the Switch? But it had the backwards compatibility with GameCube, which I thought was amazing as well. Yes, that was amazing. The, how did it make you feel? That was the question you asked me. What was your feeling on the user interface the uh, and the music and things like that? It always made me feel... It made, it made me feel welcomed. I don't know if that sounds a bit, a bit silly, but it was just a really, it was, it was a really nice piece of music. That actually find that actually sounds far less silly than what I said because that's really what I was reaching for. It it felt inclusive. It felt, it felt welcoming. Mm. Yeah, it did. That would have been a better thing for me to say than magical. But even that that first piece of music. But then, as you were scrolling through the options, there was this really quiet, ambient piece of music mm. burbling away in the background as well. And I always really appreciated that. It was just it wasn't distracting it just added to the interaction you were having with the console i wonder if there are other tune i do other console I mean, they do i suppose i was going to say i wonder if people could sing the the songs from other consoles i could i could quite happily hum the Wii shop channel music now without even thinking about it i know i know it note for note do you want to is like name that tune no, I, I don't know. No, no, thank you. Nope. What? Nope. Uh, games you love, please. What? What did you like on the Wii? Well, I like you've talked about. I had a. I went through my list and looked at all the Wii games that I loved. Um, there, were, there were a lot of games I played on the Wii. Some I loved, some I didn't. But the ones that jumped out out to me as being solid gold were Mario Galaxy One and Two. Yeah, Sooth- that's on my list. Sooth Paper Mario. Wii Music controversial mm. big big brain academy for reasons i'll talk about in a few minutes yeah i forgot about those and i'm going to retcon in skyward sword having played on the switch i'm allowed that 
Mm, mm, mm. No, but it is on my list. Right. So we'll cover it that way. We decided we were going to do episode 100 in this format a couple of weeks ago. And so I was thinking what games I enjoyed on the week. And Mario Galaxy was one that immediately jumped to mind. So I've had a couple of weeks to prepare Mm. for this episode. And by preparation, I mean playing Mario Galaxy. Oh. So I've been having a bit of a toot on that on the Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah. How's it gone? Oh, man. It is so good. Yeah. it yeah. It is so good. Yeah. Like, if I've got to spare 10 minutes, I'm going to go on Mario Galaxy for a bit. Like, it's that kind of, that, that thing that I really enjoy with games where it gets under your skin. And the the thing I really like about it, which I liked back in the day, when I, I played Mario Galaxy when it came out uh, towards the end of 2007, it, Mario Odyssey has got breadth in terms of these massive kingdoms with loads to explore and loads to find mm. and loads of secrets. Mario Galaxy has got breadth in terms of the areas you explore. So each galaxy you explore some of them for 10 minutes maximum. Some of them mm. you explore for probably the bigger ones, the ones where you get the most stars from. You probably explore for 45 minutes maximum. It's so bang, 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 like just really keeping your attention because you're going from one idea to one idea to one idea. And you'll do one galaxy and it's all about one idea that's absolutely incredible. And then, okay, off you go to another galaxy and then that idea that's been incredible, you're never going to see again. Just the the yeah. way the way it engages you as a player is just I, I can't describe it. It's been so much fun playing it. Yeah, just lots of little brilliant bite sized bits. Completely. Every level, every level, something great and something new. Yeah. Oftentimes. Yeah, and and using the same tools, the same mechanics, but then in quite inventive new ways throughout. Yeah. And then and then there was a sequel, and that is possibly better in a, in some ways the levels that were in it but yeah mario galaxy 2 i thought was better the fact i had yoshi in and i think it built on a lot of the ideas mm. as sequels often do um, unfortunately obviously can't play mario galaxy 2 via the switch at the moment no you can't I was gonna say as well actually that they're another set of games they're another pair of games where similar to monkey island last week they just feel like two halves of the same yeah. thing so it doesn't feel like Mario Galaxy is a different thing altogether. It's um, it's not it's not a new, a new and improved version of Super Mario Galaxy. It's more Mario Galaxy. Yeah. So when I think of Mario Galaxy, I don't think of them as one and two. It's Mario Galaxy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Big Brain Academy is special to me for almost reasons not related to the game's console directly. So if we cast your minds back about 10 minutes, quarter of an hour, I said about taking WarioWare with me when I went back home during February, during that half term. About mm. two, or, two or three weeks later, early March 2007, was when I met someone who would later become my wife. As I was going home to go and see her, I would always take my Wii with me because of the portability of it. So her and I would often spend time together. And she's not really a gamer either, but, you know, early relationship, you sort of, you're doing everything you can to you know oh yeah impress yeah exactly and we we played a lot of WarioWare together we played a lot of big brain academy together and so i've that's game is special to me because of all that time we spent playing those Mm. silly little like the the whack-a-mole with the shapes that appear above his head and the balloon popping got to plot them in plot them in order from lowest to highest Mm. all those sorts of things i i forgot about big brain academy but i actually had quite a lot of fun with those games on Dr. Kirishima's brain training, yeah, um, as well yeah. on um, on the DS and then uh, on the Wii as well. I thought they did a good version of it on the Wii, or, or those 
those two particular games, Big Brain Academy and, and Dr. Kawashima's. I've got quite a long list. I don't know if I, I should probably, I'll just list them. I'll, right. Shall I just list them? Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll sit back. Right. Uh, so these are the, so this is why we're here, really. This is why we're talking about it because I think, I think the, the design of the console, everything about the console is brilliant. Everything about it, like literally everything about it is brilliant. But the real reason that it, I feel like it is, you know, king of the castle is the, the games that were on it. Um, so there are the, the, the obvious ones like the Wii Sports, the, um, the Mario Party, those games that brought people together. But then, uh, there are other ones that, that maybe got buried a little bit and, and maybe some of those are, are on this list. So, uh, this, the one that to kick it off, and I do think this got buried, uh, is Rhythm Paradise. Have you played that? Never heard of it. Or, or Rhythm Heaven. No idea. No. Well. It's very, very good. It's very good. I will show you it one day. Um, I, I, there's no. We'll do an episode on it, and you can play it because there's no point in trying to get across. It's, it's, it's a mini game compilation based around rhythm games, and Sounds it's right. got a, a slightly off kilter sense of humour, which Sounds makes it really fun. Yeah. Uh, pitch the front cover. Having seen it in the pre-owned section in Game Station multiple times, but I never, never played it. Okay, no worries. Um, Donkey Kong Returns. So that was the the big return for Donkey Kong. And then there was Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was the sequel to it. But it started on the Wii, Donkey Kong Returns. That was very good. Little King Story. That was a really good city builder type thing where you played as the Little King. And you would... Um, it sort of had a... From what I remember, it had like a Pikmin-esque um, take your people out and do a few fights, send them, order them to, to do things around the world. And then you go back with what you have reaped and you would build your kingdom with those things. But that was a really good game. It's actually available now on other consoles, but it launched uh, on the Wii. It was exclusive to the Wii for a long time. Mario Kart Wii. I'm surprised you didn't say that because it's actually one of the best Mario Karts in the series. Uh, I've said about the Mario Party games. Uh, go on. I didn't mention Mario Kart because that was a game I didn't have. I played it at a friend's house a few oh. times. Um, we're going. I've got in my notes to talk about controllers and the unusual peripherals, etc. But oh, I, right, okay. I really enjoyed playing Mario Kart Wii using the steering wheel controller. It felt a bit silly, but I really, really enjoyed it and really lent into it. So I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really fun, and uh, I think that's the best way to play it. Personally, I think if you you got the the controller, you got the peripheral, the 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 wheel with the game so if you had several people as we often as most people probably did that had bought mario kart then you'd have several of these wheels and there'd be four player games of mario kart Wii where everyone had a steering wheel and it was really fun um new super mario brothers Wii. i know that you weren't a fan but i really enjoyed it i liked playing it with um my family and with hannah in particular i was a bit of a shit for getting uh getting bored of waiting for people and throwing them off the ledges though so uh. Because it was just a bit funny. Yeah, I know. Or jumping on their head as they were going over a, a ravine so that they would plummet into the ravine. It was funny. And took a little bit of skill, so felt felt satisfying. Uh, Super Paper Mario, that was on yours. Um, both the Zeldas that appeared on this console, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, absolutely brilliant entries in the, uh, in the series. Both of them, though, have been moaned about in various ways uh by by people 
Uh, the Trauma Center series that started on the DS, but carried on here and was amazing. I've got tra- uh, the I've got Trauma Center in my list of honorable mentions games I got mm. uh, because that was really good and then never played. Uh, the, the the three in my list of those then as I've sort of mentioned that games I got but never played. Trauma Center, Zack and Wiki, Resident Evil Four. Right, okay, Zack and Wiki is the next one on my ah. on my list because uh, we were actually playing that today to refresh ourselves or to refresh myself. Hannah had a, a good go on that today. How's it stand up? Uh, it was really good, really fun. And the puzzles were... So I've never, I never liked the presentation of the game. I don't like the slightly over-the-top hype, hyper presentation of the characters and the way they talk to each other and interact. But that aside the puzzle i the puzzle element of it is satisfying and the des- the game design is is satisfying as well uh akami uh, that came out on the playstation 2 originally but actually i think the best version of it that i've played anyway is the one on the Wii. i so, completely i completely uh, thought about akami i played that at a friend's house and absolutely adored it mm. and got it for ps2 and i've since bought the port of it onto the switch as well have you right yeah it's one of those games that's been around forever now. I had it yeah. on the PlayStation 2 and really enjoyed it. Um, Hannah actually bought it on the Wii. So uh, that that that's how it ended up in our household uh, on the Wii through Hannah. Um, we've also played a couple of other games today just to refresh ourselves on them. Uh, one of them was LEDs, which I only realized was a pun the other day when you said the name of the game to me. I didn't realize... I didn't realise. And actually, I remember being really confused when it came out here because I'd known it as Elibits, Elibits from the yeah. media because um, it came out in America the year before it came out here uh, and Japan. And it was called Elibits in both countries. And when it came out here and they changed the name to Elodies, I didn't understand. I was like, well, they might have just might as well just have called it Elibits. I don't understand why they've changed the name. But it, it's a pun. So we've probably actually got the better name. I don't know. Uh, and the last game on my list, there are more, but these are the ones that uh, I thought were worth shouting about. Yeah, that, uh, was, why, that was why I didn't mention LEDs, because it was one I, I liked, but it wasn't like, you know, a, a game changer for me. Sorry, Marimas. Oh, I've been really enjoying, I've been really enjoying LEDs today. It was, it's just, it reminds me, do you remember, so there was a, there were two children's shows on CITV. One was called Funhouse with Pat, what's Sharp. his face? Pat Sharp, where they they went in and they threw everything about and got gungy and uh, they were in like soft play area for adults or whatever teens. And you're going to say uh, the other one, another one, Finders Keepers. Yes, yeah. Finders Keepers. I so Finders Keepers was well, Finders Keeper LEDs is Finders Keepers in game form. You just go into a room and you tear the place apart looking for these LEDs. It's Finders Keepers, but on the Wii. I haven't thought about that TV show That's why about, I liked it. for about 25 years. I'm really enjoying the nostalgia just thinking about that yeah, show because I, I really Good. did like that. Well, it, it, it taps into part of me because I, I don't like mess, whereas that that show, I could I could vicariously enjoy the mess. I didn't have to tidy it afterwards. Glor- glory see. days. Mm. Well, Ale- you should get you should fire up LEDs again then. You might actually find that you enjoy it. Uh, Muramasa, that was the, the last one that I mentioned, Muramasa yeah. the Demon Blade. The presentation of that is just immaculate. It looks like hand-drawn animation. And uh, the the gameplay, it's like a, a hack-and-slash-beat-em-up-y type thing where you, you progress through various screens and every screen or two will be a big brawl against 
the baddies, but you've got these amazing swords, three swords. Um, you can equip three at a time, and each one of them will have a different power, and you can switch on the fly between the three. If you if you overuse one, then it will break, and you have to wait for it to right. um, repl- like replenish or or re- fix itself. Um, and you can use if you've got three different types of sword uh, equipped, you can change between them so that you can do different um, different combos that that require the three different types of sword it's really really good and it looks so amazing and i just wanted to make sure that it looked and played as well as i remembered it playing before i actually talked about it and it does so i was thinking we started talking about that you mentioned the the hand-drawn style it made me think i was going to say as a point that because of the lack of power i think developers tried to come up with creative ways of doing visuals because of that lack of power but then having said that, I was thinking about, again, Mario Galaxy, I haven't been playing through that, and then also Skyward Sword, where there were games that had these amazing visuals as well. Like, while the Wii wasn't a powerhouse in the same way that PS3 and Xbox Three Sister was, it still was capable of doing some blooming lovely stuff, or indeed the other end of the spectrum, some not necessarily lovely stuff graphically, but then creative stuff that looked good because of that individuality, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that is an interesting um, consideration, because I think there were several things that went into Wii game uh, Wii game development that were undervalued in and and one of them was that it was built on tried and tested hardware it, you know it was stuff that developers were familiar with and that was that had a lot of sort of support there in terms of reference documents or whatever right. so they it was it was easy to get to grips with you know, it wasn't, and and especially when you compare it with the PlayStation Three, where the architecture, the the um the hardware architecture had been built up, it was bespoke ground from the ground up, uh, rethinking of how consoles should be should should operate. It used the cell process of the PlayStation Three, and it was notoriously difficult to develop for, and it took a long time for people to really get to grips with it, and that resulted in you know ports. Where the PlayStation Three on paper was more the more powerful console of of the of that generation, it actually suffered when it came to ports because people developers would gravitate towards the three hundred and sixty because it had a a more PC style architecture that they oh, could, okay. they were more familiar with, and so they could do more with it without having to invest time and effort into understanding this new architecture on the PlayStation right. Three. The the ports then suffered as a result. The Wii was on the on the other end of the spectrum to the PlayStation 3 as well. And and so people could do things with it because they, they'd they already tested those things on previous consoles, previous generations. It reminds me actually of the Game Boy Advance in that mm. the Game Boy Advance was a, a portable SNES. Was the Wii using GameCube then? Was it essentially a... Yeah, it pretty much was. It was a slightly more powerful yeah, I, GameCube. I, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and it, that's one of the reasons that they were able to keep the price point low because the hardware was cheap. They they'd already figured out how to manufacture yeah. the hardware on a in a scale back way because that's usually the fight that console makers have. They they start off making a loss on their console yeah. and then over time they get to be profit making consoles. The Wii started off as a profit making console, even at one hundred and eighty pounds. So they didn't have to make that. They didn't have to fight to claw back the money. I guess the fact it played GameCube games and also the fact it had there was the the, the socket for a GameCube controller. 
I'd never really drawn the dots together as to why that was, but that makes complete sense. It wasn't a GameCube. It wasn't a GameCube. It was built on the same system as a GameCube, as far as uh, I understand. Okay, right, I'm missing But it, it wasn't a GameCube in a new shell. That's not what I was saying at right. all. It was just that the chipset, I think, that they okay. used was the same. But... As the same, in the same way that the Game Boy Advance did things that the, that you never saw on the Super Nintendo, despite it being basically a, a portable Super Nintendo, I feel like the Wii did things that the previous generations of consoles weren't weren't mm. doing or didn't do, just simply because developers didn't have the time to work up to it. Whereas the because the Wii was sort of a continuation of the previous generations' development over time, it benefited from that. There was no. There was just building on previous learning, no new learning. Whereas the Xbox 360, the the PlayStation 3, there was new learning to take into mm. account to do great things. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Going to move into my next point then, because you just said about um, it bringing new things to the table. Virtual console. Mm. Was the Wii yes. the first console that offered a thing where you could download previous titles onto it? Because obviously, like you know, nowadays, the Switch... The, the that side of the switch is is really big the the virtual shop aspect i don't know if consoles that are concurrent to this also offered that or was the wii yes. the first the the wii was basically the first um the the virtual console released in the launch window so there were actually there were 30 odd or something um classic games that released on the virtual console in the, in 2006 and then they built the library up over time uh, over the life over the lifespan of the console, the thing is, it depends how liberal you are in how you apply definitions. Because I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog on my first color flip phone, so there were things like that happening, and and you got you got things like the compilations. We we've talked pretty recently about Gems Collection and yeah. Mega Collection. Uh, the Sonic collections that came out in the GameCube and the PlayStation 2 and things. Um, so there were those things, but there was, at least as far as I know, there was no dedicated service that was expressly for... Downloading them. Downloading classic or retro games like the Virtual Console. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I just want to clarify that. Apparently mm. in America, um, by between when the, the console first came out and December 31st, 2007... So I want to clarify kind of when the virtual console came was first launched, but you know within that year, let's say, uh, ten million titles were downloaded from the virtual console in North America alone, which I thought was pretty yeah. incredible. I also think the virtual console was really good because it enabled people to download titles that, well, there's, there's lots of reasons, but you might might ones you maybe miss first time rounds, you might ones that you really enjoyed mm. and want to replay. They also became a bit of a, um, it was a way for people to play games that they hasn't been able to like games that maybe are released in certain territories but then available on the virtual yep. console it then also was starts off being just nintendo titles but then opened up to having sega and other developers as well so again you've just mentioned sonic the fact that you can then play sonic original classic sonic on a nintendo console and then opens up all those as well yeah it didn't actually just start off with nintendo uh games available the the launch consoles for the virtual console included sega and oh, did it? Okay. Uh, possibly neo geo let me just find the list well wh- while you're doing that i'll just mention again i was thinking about games i wanted to talk about uh, games that i enjoyed so i had quite a few on the virtual console this was the first nintendo console i actually owned the wii 
So I yep. do- I downloaded Super Mario World, which I have played a lot at different people's houses, you know, friends, relatives, etc. So this is the first time in 2007, I think it was maybe 2008 I got this, uh, this is the first time I was actually able to own a copy of Super Mario World and therefore was able to complete it myself. And that felt like a massive achievement, you know, a long time after the fact, after everyone else had also done that. I was also able to play Super Mario RPG, which was a game that had a lot of buzz around it. I'd never been able to play that either. And then also mm. I went back and played a couple of the Metroids that were available on the SNES. Yeah, Super Metroid. Yes. Yeah. So you're you're a perfect candidate for the virtual console and the benefit of the virtual console that people probably undervalued. It, it bringing games to people that had never had access to those games. I I had a, had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, a Nintendo 64 and a GameCube before the Wii came out. So I'd been, I, I'd hit most, well, not most of the classics, but I'd hit quite a few of the classics, mm-hmm. the, certainly ones that you've named. Bar Super Metroid, hadn't played Super Metroid before this. So that was another one that I uh, grabbed on the virtual console. It does speak to me though. I... I had played, and I know that a lot of people that had played games prior to this using emulators, emulators, <laughs> uh, using emulators that you just couldn't get hold of in one way or another. So you'd ended up playing them on emulators. I then ended up buying games that I played first time on emulators. I then bought, I bet then bought them on the virtual console mm-hmm. because I liked them so much. Yeah. I think that the virtual console, one of the things that it proved is that people don't necessarily want to that they want to buy their game the games that they like you know if if it's available in a reasonable way then they will get it in that reasonable way i I don't think the games were that expensive on the virtual console either no the most expensive ones were the nintendo 64 con uh, titles i think they were seven pounds six pound fifty or seven pounds something like that which again i think is quite good really it's very reasonable. Just a few years before, five years before, I I remember uh, saving up fifty pounds to buy a new Nintendo sixty four title, and then they were selling them in two thousand and six for seven. Mm. So that's how reasonable it was. So in the first batch of games to release the virtual console, there was the NES, the SNES, the N sixty four, the Mega Drive, and the Turbo Graphics. So oh, okay. there were actually two other console manufacturers that were involved in the uh, from the very beginning with t- uh, with the virtual console that was another magical thing about it because it was uh, one of the first times that Nintendo and Sega had sort of cross-pollinated in such a big way mm. and actually this is the same console that gave us Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics and and the Olympics and so on so it it kind of someone that had grown up in the 90s and experienced the uh the rivalry atmosphere yeah, I was going to say atmosphere, like two parents fighting at a Christmas party. <laughs> um, I, having been one of those kids, one of those 90s kids, to see these things happening was, I mean, even just to see Sonic on the GameCube was a bit weird. Yeah. But then to see a whole slew of Mega Drive games followed by Master System games on a Nintendo console was like a weird kind of magic again. Alex Kidd was one of the games that I repurchased on the virtual console, along with a whole slew of others. Games that I bought for the first time on here, slightly disappointing Yoshi's Story. Don't know if you ever played that from the N64, but no, I really I wanted to play it and I didn't like it. Wasn't great, but then that has also been the unfortunate pattern for me with Yoshi games 
post Yoshi's story as well. I haven't really enjoyed Yoshi's solo outings very much. I repurchased Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on here. I had Super Mario World on here. I had Super. I had Street Fighter, even though I wasn't a massive. We, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at Street Fighter, but the nostalgia pushed me to buy it. Uh, something I didn't tell you when we were talking about Street Fighter. The first chicken curry I ever tasted, I ever had. First time I ever had curry but specifically a chicken curry, was when I was playing Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo at my friend's house when I was about seven years old. How on earth can you remember that? I remember I remember eating it with my fingers. It was his dinner. Mm. And he said, he said, did I want to try it? And I said, yeah, but he didn't want me to use his fork. So I had to grab a bit of my of chicken out of out of his dinner with my hands and i liked it so much that i, I went home and i said to my mum, can we have chicken curry the only thing you need to eat your fingers no i never ate with my fingers uh incidentally that that chicken curry was made with campbell's soup campbell's chicken soup and that is also how my mum made chicken curry for a long time and you scoff but they it genuinely is a really nice way to make chicken curry it's really good it's not it's not authentic <laughs> oh, dear. but it's good so yeah there you go super nintendo um Sorry, slight slight diversion. That wasn't it. Yeah, the virtual console was a marvel, and I I just don't really understand why. Again, I don't understand why they have done away with it. A ridi- ridiculous, ridiculous decision, as far as I'm concerned. The other side of the downloadable thing, because this is the first time that Nintendo sort of strayed into fully full on online services with with a console. But do you remember WiiWare? It was basically their arcade, like their Xbox 360 arcade. It was where anything that wasn't a virtual console game. It was indie titles. But not big enough to be a, a physical. It wasn't, it wasn't. It was like a weird mix of indie titles and then some weird off-brand stuff. It was very, a very eclectic place. But... I'll be quite honest, one I don't I think, think I ever looked into WiiWare at all. Really? Right. Yeah. So... I, I had a few WiiWare titles. The ones that always stick out in my mind are the BitTrip games. Did you ever play any of those? No. They, I, I, they I came to other places. Well, BitTrip Runner and BitTrip Beat. BitTrip Runner is a quite a big thing now. It's had two sequels. Um, but BitTrip Runner and BitTrip Beat, they were probably two of my favourite games on the Wii, let alone on, on WiiWare or or whatever um but they were really good games uh final fantasy some for some reason square enix went fairly big in on uh on WiiWare, and they released a few titles that i don't think have ever ended up anywhere else so there was final fantasy my life as a king never heard of it no final fantasy my life as a king is kind of like a version of little king's story that i've described before where you are you are a young man young chap who is the king of a of a place king of a castle and you build your town you you sort of bring your townsfolk in to help you build up a town and 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 your kingdom in the end not heard of that no Oh well, it had a sequel. It was called Final Fantasy: My Life as a Dark Lord. I never played that one, but I had My Life as a King. Uh, Swords and Soldiers. Nope. No. Uh, 
that wasn't a Final Fantasy one. I should I should have finished off that idea first, shouldn't I? Um, they also brought Final Fantasy for the After Years, which prior to this hadn't been available on any other console. It was available on Japanese mobile phones, the After Years. Right. And then they released it onto WiiWare. Um, it then went to the PSP after, but this was the first place it was available outside of Japan. It was no a sequel idea. to Final Fantasy IV. No. Okay. Okay. One of your favourite games, Balloons. Oh. That was on there. That was it. Nice. Yeah, there was a version of that. Um, there was also the art style games, which were sort of experimental, um, visually appealing uh, games in sort of indie titles. Never heard of the art style games. No. No? Okay. I probably assume at this point going forwards, if you're going to mention them, that unless I, I spike into life like a good Balloons, I've not heard of it. Okay, Swords and Soldiers. That was another uh, fun. It's sort of like I remember it as Vikings, and you'd have your vi- your your team of Vikings would um, sort of march along from the left hand side of the screen, and they were they were automated. So you'd you'd put together your team. This is how I remember it. Probably it's probably nothing like this, but you put together your team of, of Vikings or soldiers or whatever, and they'd march along and they'd reach enemies that were coming from the right, and then they would take down the enemies, and you and then they'd carry on marching. It kind of now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like a tower defense, but with different a different presentation, um, because you you'd sort of try and try and make sure that your your group was uh, enough to outmatch whatever was coming from the right-hand side of the screen. Uh, and and then one that I got got by, but is apparently... Uh, I, I think it's got a bit of a following, but there's a, a group of games made that that had the moniker Kokoto. C-O-C-O-T-O. Nope. Well, I, I'm a sucker for any fishing games, and they had one called Kokoto Fishing Master. And I bought Kokoto Fishing Master... You were like this little devil thing that was rode, rode around in a boat and you fished for these demonic fish. Uh, I didn't actually enjoy it, so there is that. But the Wii, the WiiWare stuff was, was interesting and bad and great and awful all at the same time. Well, fishing is a nice way to finish that, that bit of our, our memories leading us into the peripherals because I remember a fishing rod peripheral was there really a fish? So that's interesting because, as far as I know, and I don't, I don't profess to know all things fishing game. Certainly, well, just in general, but on the Wii, um, I would have been open to a good fishing game on the Wii, and I never really knew of of one existing. Yeah, definitely. Was. So there was a peripheral, but yeah, I found a a list on thegamer.com. They did a list of their top thirty slash bottom thirty, depending on how you wanted to view the list. Uh, Wii peripherals and there there were some stinkers okay go on i this is something that i didn't look well, into what one that i'll be honest i hadn't heard of a lot of these but some of them i had heard of drum of the Wii zapper yeah yeah i quite liked that but that was in there yeah i never i never we never bought them like there it was something that i specifically avoided but i was playing a game today uh it was LEDs. I was playing LEDs and i was thinking do you know what this would probably be better if mm. you could put it into a, a gun peripheral just because you don't have to move your, your wrist at an awkward angle. So, yeah, the Zapper. Uh, there was a, a sports pack, which was essentially these plastic shells. of One was a, a baseball bat and one was a, a tennis racket that you just slotted. The, the I remember those. Into, and that looked cheap. There, there was, uh, as I said, the, the fishing fishing rod. There was also a set of cooking utensils for the Cooking Mama game. So yep. if you wanted to slot your Wiimote into a horribly crude facsimile of a... Um, 
spatula. spatula, that's the word. A spatula, then there you go. That then that's what you want. Um, I'll I'll put the list on the social medias when this comes out. But uh, yeah, oh, yes, please. Interesting ones. Uh, I mean, uh, also going through this list, I spotted the balance board, which I completely forgotten about the whole we fit balance board thing. We've got ours upstairs. I liked the balance board. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I never played it. Uh, so I, I little don't know. thing. Hmm. There were some nice, uh, nice little games on the Wii Fit and Wii Fit Plus. Uh, quite enjoyed them. There was one where you were a firefighter. You had to put out fires, and the way that you, uh, like, you turned your water on by pressing on the balance board with your foot. Oh, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you, the harder you pressed, the more pressure you got on your hose. Any real stinkers? Because they all sound fairly down the line. Is there anything weird on there? Uh, there was one that was essentially some really cheap-looking boxing gloves that you strapped onto your hands and then you put the Wiimote and the nunchuck in as well. Uh, one with, with some wings that that served absolutely no purpose whatsoever. That there, there, was, there was so many. and Yeah. The, the best thing to do would be to have a look at this list when I post it on the uh, yeah. on the social medias. I, I don't know if it's on there, but the thing that always I like felt like the Wii jumping the shark for me was when they announced at E3... Uh, the Wii Vitality Sensor. Yeah, that pops on the list. It was the peripheral that never actually came to be, but it got so far down the line that it was actually on stage at E3 being announced uh, by Nintendo officially. Um, it was a it was a heart rate monitor that went on your finger, you know, like you'd see uh, if someone was in hospital. Mm. Um, it was one of those. I had no. I didn't. I didn't really understand how it could be applied to gaming. I know that you and I have had a conversation. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but I do think uh, since then, all the hours that I've spent in bed thinking about the Wii Vitality Sensor <laughs> and what could have been, um, the the one application that I could think of that I'm sure I must have put to you was sort of in horror games, like being able to monitor how scared people are with their heartbeat and then a- adapt the game to to that like if they're not scared enough you could send something big and bad again uh, after them or something like that maybe it would work that way but then i'm not the target audience for that because i shit the bed at even the slightest scary game so yeah peripherals were another part of the uh shovely yeah aspect of this console weren't they but um and that is actually uh, i said about people being a bit poo-pooey about the rabbits thing I was a bit sniffy about console peripherals. I was a bit sniffy about the peripherals that were coming out around around the Wii because it just felt like they were a bit... Well, uh, they were very definitely unnecessary. Certainly those sports ones that you could get at Argos for a fiver and get five five different sports peripherals, like a a, ta- a tennis bat or something, tennis racket. Okay, um, so we're we're probably coming we're probably coming to the end of what we've got to say about the Wii. Um, there were just a few little bits that I wanted to, um, sort of put on record. So, uh, boom blocks. Have you heard of boom blocks? Not at all. Not at all. Oh, okay. Um, so the that was it was actually quite a big thing in a way because I can't remember what year it was, but there was some news came out about uh, a series of games, a series of four games that were going to be coming out and they were going to be um, produced, created uh, in partnership with Steven Spielberg as one of the designers. Right. Now, to me, in in the mid, sorry, in, to, in the late 2000s, hearing that Steven Spielberg was going to make a game, I, I had certain ideas of what that would be. And uh, then it was announced that Boomblocks was what he was uh, what he was working on with 
with his team and boom blocks is like a a jenga style party game so it it's a little bit more than that but you basically have these blocks that you are trying to balance and stack and then blow up and things like that um and I didn't understand at all, but it turns out that actually one of the reasons that he went down that route is because he wanted a game. He wanted to make a game that him and his kids could play or something like that, which I thought was a nice idea, like a a nice little thing after the fact. But at the time, I just totally didn't understand. Actually, Um, uh, but it's slightly odd. Seems like a nice point to mention there that there was something with Steven Spielberg with Monkey Island 2 last week. There was something about... I think about Tim Schafer said that he was at something and Steven Spielberg was there and Spielberg approached him and, and asked, said that his wife was stuck on a puzzle. How did he get past it or something? Or how did she get past it? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've probably completely hmm. butchered that anecdote. The anecdote was something about Steven Spielberg playing Monkey Island and end of something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, another, what I would so the, the console did have a reputation for being a, a family console and or for lacking those hardcore gamer games and sega did try at, at one point to address that uh, they released a game called mad world do you know mad world that was the black and white one yeah black and white and uh, we talked about it actually i asked you if you knew it and i i know that we've talked about it it was black and white and the uh the protagonist had a chainsaw attached to one of his hands a la uh evil dead obviously like and he would Barrow go around of, Barrow from five on seven well, yeah, I suppose as well. Um, he'd go around this black and white world and uh, paint it red with the blood of his enemies. It was a, a fun jaunt, but it, it wasn't brilliant. It did have uh, the voice of Bender in it, Joe Dima- uh, John DiMaggio. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, I thought that was... Uh, it, it strikes me as slightly odd and sort of... Uh, a very direct way to try and address the uh, one of one of people's complaints. It didn't sell that well either. So, you know, all those people crying loudly about the the lack of of a thing and then suddenly they didn't they didn't want the thing when it was offered to them. So, you know, maybe they should have just shushed. I don't know. <laughs> um the last games. Do you know when the last games ever to come out on the Wii were or I'm... what they were? No. No. I was gonna play nope. along, but Well, it was widely expected that it would be uh Just Dance twenty twenty. Wow. So that came, that would have come out 2019, late 2019. And everyone was fairly certain that Just Dance 2020 would be the last game to come out on the Wii. I cannot believe um, that Just Dance, Wii, Wii games were still being made then. Yeah, well, Just Dance was birthed on the Wii um, and has become an absolute sensation since then. Ended up every, here, there and everywhere. Um, it was perfect for the Wii and mm. lots of people enjoyed it on the Wii. So um, why not keep making them? And and I did tell you, didn't I, that there are people I know that bought the Wii as their first console, haven't bought a console since, and they're still playing their Wii. Well, that's why Just Dance was mm. still being made up until as of two years ago. One, one of the family members, actually, that I mentioned a, a bit earlier on that bought a Wii, uh, it was to play Just Dance or Just Dance was bought as part of that. Mm. I can't quite remember. I remember on Christmas Day playing Just Dance, playing uh, Dancing on to Rasputin by Boney M and having a, having a great old time. Fab, yeah. I, Just Dance actually is where my uncomfortable, unhappy place is, because having to get up and dance in front of people is not my. It's just so far from my cup of tea, and yet I, I've been roped in by various relations over the many years that Just Dance has been around. And in fact, I think your daughter had me playing Just Dance at she one did. point or another. It, it made me 
it made me very self-conscious. So uh, yeah, Just Dance, Just Dance, the bane of my life was supposed to be the last entry on the Wii's catalogue, but actually then was trumped by Shakedown Hawaii and Retro City Rampage. Right. That was the duo. So those two games came out in, Ju- on Ju- in July of 2020, and they are, as of recording, I think, the last games to be released on the Wii. So you're looking at practically a 13-year, 13-and-a-half-year lifespan on that console from first game to last game. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty healthy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lastly, then, I don't know. I know you've mentioned some that um, some already, but the games that I that I know some people to have talked about in, in glowing terms um, that I missed. So The Conduit was supposed to be quite a good horror game on the Wii. Uh, the Last Story, I was going to buy that because that released on the Wii U, I think. But The Last Story was an RPG on the Wii that was supposed to be very good. Uh, Calling. Now, I've never heard anyone talking about Calling, but I've since seen uh, some stuff about it and it looked pretty cool. So I'm I'm going to see if I can find a copy of that. Excite Truck, which is the sequel to Excite Bike, and was supposed. I think it was a launch title for the Wii. It, it genuinely looks very good. It's like a really fast racing game where you you weigh your trucks, and one of the one of the you like monster trucks, and one yeah. of the trucks is like a a VW Beetle on or, or a Mini Cooper or something like that on giant wheels. So you got this tiny car on giant wheels, and and it's bezing across this uh, these tracks. It looks pretty cool. The GoldenEye remake that everyone was clamouring for oh, actually yeah. came out on the Wii. Uh, Pandora's Tower, it's another RPG that I didn't get around to playing. Resident Evil 4, for anybody that can hack it, I'm not one of them. But Resident Evil 4 is supposed to be like the essential version. It's supposed to be the Wii version. And Xenoblade Chronicles, if you're looking at getting yourself ready for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was announced very recently in the, re- in the most recent Direct, well, Xenoblade Chronicles started on the Wii. There you go. Oh, the last one. Um, So I, in preparation for this episode, and as a nod to what we're supposed to be doing with our multiples of 10, I I grabbed a copy of a game called Endless Ocean. You are a diver who goes out into the... Uh, ocean and you you have a map of this area i can't remember the name of it marinai or something like that sort of hawaiian tropical uh ideas uh tropical sort of a place um and you go and you do missions going diving exploring different areas and you catalog fish and things and how'd that hold up well it's a game that i'd always fancy playing because it's one of those like uh relaxing games um and i finally finally did it and i was really quite happy with it the first thing that struck me is when you start it up, um, the the title screen, the the music on it is a full on vocal um, performance. It's the the song is called Prayer, and it's sung by Haley Westenra, which it must be the only game that Haley Westenra uh, ever. I don't know who that's appeared is. on the soundtrack for. All oh, right, well she's a she's a singer, <laughs> right <laughs> from, from that sort of period. Um, but anyway, it's uh, the other thing that I realised uh, is that it's and I didn't know this until I played it. So the game is good. You should you should have a go. I think you'd like it. You catalogue fish. You go diving. You catalogue fish. You've, you the way you do that is by poking and nudging them. Uh, that's the mechanic that you use. So by poking the fish, you suddenly find out that it's a blue tank. Right. Poke, 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 poke. Oh, it's a blue tank. Like that. It's, it's pretty cool. You can feed them as well, but it's better to poke them. I'm sure that's what marine biologists do. 
Yeah, well, they do in this game. The other thing that struck me was that it's developed by Arika. Now, we have talked about Arika. The reason we've talked about Arika is because they made Tetris 99. Pac-Man 99, Super Mario Brothers 35, and their most recent release is actually uh, Chocobo Grand Prix, which is supposed to be a a fairly good Final Fantasy version of Mario Kart, uh, but with Chocobos on roller skates. Cool. So yeah, I didn't realise that they'd made it, but they did, and they do good things now. Endless Ocean, I'd recommend it. Right, last couple of facts then before we wrap up. Obviously, the codename for this, well, obviously, you might not know, uh, the code the revolution was revolution absolutely this console sold 103 101.63 million as of september 2019 it is the seventh best selling console ever do you think you could guess what the six before that are uh the playstation 2 is the first with 155 million yep uh the ds and the 3ds no the ds probably the game boy DS number two, Game Game Boy slash Game Boy Color number three, doing very well so far. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Uh, I th- uh. So there are three more before the before yeah. the Wii. So you've got PS2, DS, Game Boy slash Game Boy Color, Countable Entry, something, 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 Wii. Oh, is, is the PlayStation 4 bigger seller than, than the Wii? PlayStation 4 is number four. Oh, no. Put me out okay. of my misery for the other two. Play- right. PlayStation's not PlayStation number eight, isn't it? Because the the oh, hang on, hang on. The Switch, the Switch is there at number five. Okay, you, you've you've pretty much nailed it. So in PS in order from most down to number seven with the week, got PS2, DS, Game Boy slash Game Boy Color, PS4, Switch, PS1, and then the Wii. Oh, right. Okay, I thought that the Wii had passed the PlayStation one. I didn't realize that it came under. Ah, there we go then. Yeah. Cool. It did pretty well. Right, thank you for that, Sasha. I've had a, had a lovely time having a, a great, great chat about the Wii, and hopefully people at home have, li- in, or in their car or wherever, have enjoyed listening to us talk about the Wii as well. Yeah, I think I said this last week, this episode is for us. Yeah. So if, if well, you've listened to it so far, then well done to you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought of the Wii as well, um, because... It is. It's a console of two halves. I think people love it and people loathe it in probably similar amounts. We just happen to be two people that that really do love it and and hold it in very high regard. I think episode one hundred, we're allowed to have a lap of honor and be a bit self indulgent, aren't we? Yeah. To be honest, I feel like we have. The, I think the fact that we have kept up with it just for a hundred episodes is is a thing in itself. We've been doing this for nearly three years. I don't do very many things for three years. That's one thing. Uh, and another thing is we've managed to not really be too self-indulgent, other than the fact that every single episode is about our life. I suppose there is that. But we, we don't tend to indulge too much, do we? We we try and stick to business. So yeah. an episode that's for us, although you could argue that they're all for us. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But let's not let's not pick that scab too much, eh? Yeah, let's let's not pick out that too much. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, Regardless, I hope you enjoyed it, people. And here's to another hundred. Next week, we're back to business as usual. It'll be Ashley's turn to bring a game from his youth. Yeah, what's the what console are we going to do for what console are we going to do for episode two hundred? I vote already, so I'm saying this now. Uh, the console that is the top selling of all time, PS2, PlayStation Two. Yeah, you see, I think I might prefer the DS to that, but there we go. That let's not. That's a conversation. We've got two hundred. Ep- we've got we've got hundred episodes. Exactly. To, yeah. We've got 100 episodes to 
hash that out. Yeah, exactly. And thank you for listening. And uh, as we said, hopefully see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, remember to come and join us on all the social medias and do the usual liking, sharing, subscribing, rating and reviewing, if I can say those correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Thank you again. See you later. Bye. Bye.